The year is 1987. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Hello, and welcome to My Marvelous Year Variant Cover A for 1987. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. I am joined today by none other than my esteemed colleague, my esteemed audio editor, my esteemed co-host even, it's Zach Dean. How's it going? He is. Actually, let me let me do the full list here. Audio editor, co-host, um, occasional list contributor. That has happened. Uh, Slack moderator, patron, Patreon manager supreme, oh, Zach Dean. You. How's it going? Thanks. When uh, you did that interview with um, Open Mike Eagle this last weekend, and, yes. uh, and I was in the chat, and you mentioned me at one point, and you referred to me as your co-host and editor, and I like, when you said that, I was, uh, <laughs> I, I guess I was holding my breath. You're going to be like, yeah, my occasional guest, Zach, and I was going to be furious, but me calling you your editor, I was like, oh. I mean, I'm not I your feel editor. Like, I'm my own editor. I'm our yeah, editor. yeah. Having yes, um, having another guest on who, like, like sharing that inside joke with someone who very clearly is not a part of it feels yeah. like a bad joke. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when it <laughs> like, starts getting mean. No way that is. Like, yeah. Uh, yes. So it is 1987. This is part one of the variant cover. We're gonna do first of two. 1987. Heck of a year, Dave. Heck of a Heck year. Of a year. I, I would think, say like, this is the most excited I've seen you about comics, um, probably since like Rage of the Panther. Like this year as a whole is just like very yeah, high well, praise from you. The end of eighty six and eighty seven. Well, even if I'm not like over the moon, and I'm over the moon about a few things here, but even if I'm not like just the ratio of hit to miss is so high here. I think there was only one thing that I was like very down on that we're gonna get to in part four, I think. Yeah. Um yeah. speaking of which if you go over to patreon.com and support us for, well, as little as a buck a month gets you access to our spreadsheet for the entire list, but $5 a month, you get access to our Slack, you get six months early access to my ultimate year, and I've been putting up early access to the the main episodes of this show as soon as I'm done editing them. So episode three uh, of uh, 1987 is already up, episode four will probably be up in the next couple days. Um, yeah, and the Slack, Slack's great. Slack I, has... I- we pitch this often, but yeah, I mean, yeah. seriously, the Slack is my favorite comics community um, oh, yeah. in, so cool. in the world. It really is. Like, <laughs> yeah. it is the best place for comics commentary. So many awesome people, so many cool conversations going on there. So if you are a part of the My Marvel This Year journey or you would like to be, we are extremely welcoming of um, of everyone in their, in their yeah, comics totally. journey or just in your, your journey in life. You can be anywhere as far as your interest level in comics. Uh, so yeah, check that out via patreon.com slash this year. The other way you can support the show, which is greatly appreciated. <laughs> you just got called out in the chat uh, so accurately, and I love it. Um, yes. the, other, the other thing you can do is rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Listen, we know. We know, right? Like, who does that? 
but it helps a ton. It helps us a ton. And you know the other thing, Zach, that I've been thinking about is so our competitor, our nemesis, that Barstool Sports Daddy podcast, mm-hmm. um, they have, I think we've calculated it's approximately a million more reviews than we do. And we're trying to catch up. But you know what that means? Is there are a million people who made iTunes accounts and wrote reviews. So, yeah. like, in my head, it's like, oh, it's kind of a burden. I only do it occasionally when I'm trying to network or whatever. And uh, it's like, well, but look at the look at the competition. How are they getting all these people? You know, right? So I, we know it's possibility, and we know you're out there. Um, so it, I don't know if that level of pressure is going to make people want to write ratings and reviews. I have no idea. Uh, it helps I, I, a lot. I don't know how they reap so many. I'm, you know, I mean, it just helps being a big name podcast being like a corporate backed not a co- they're not corporate but uh like well, the uh, thing the thing that is strange to me though is we have the exact same number of listeners yeah um, right exactly reviews right yeah yes exactly that's, that's the tricky to- part that's totally it i remember getting really frustrated with just um it there, there's a podcast that came out like yeah, almost a year ago called the office ladies and it's angela and um pam from the office are like doing a rewatch of the show oh, okay. commenting on it like talking about episode by episode that and sounds before- like it'd be popular Yes, before their first episode came out, they had like 15,000 reviews before mm. the first episode out. And I was like, at that point, just like, please let us get to 50. 50, please. So, um, yeah, that, that stuff's, that can be frustrating. But, well, you know what? and the, uh, you know what? You know what? Pam and Angela, they've, they've done the work. They've done the work. They've they done, that. done the work. Yes. Right? I've done yes. some of the work. You've done very little of the work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll yeah. see what we can get. But yeah, we appreciate those ratings and reviews. Uh, you know what else is weird that maybe we should talk about sometime? Reviews mm. on Amazon of comic books. Very strange uh, environment. Not yes. not trades, right? Like Because we really enjoy uh, reading some of the funnier trades, you know? Yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah. somebody will give four stars to Walt Simonson's Thor, and the review is arrived on time, right? Like, that stuff's funny. But I'm talking about, like, single issues where there's this weird blend between Amazon owns Comixology and then there will be a review like day of where like what was the example I saw recently it was like X Factor number four maybe and it had one star one rating for like you know like a week and a half after it came out and that's like a big comic you know what I mean like it's just yeah. this totally totally like not with the cultural consensus not with the critical consensus thing they've established where like rating on Amazon which still is it's Amazon. They're huge, right? Like I know people don't think about going to, for comics there, but because they're combined with Comicsology, yeah, I don't know. I've, sure. been, I've been percolating these thoughts, Zach. Maybe I'll write about it someday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, I probably would trust like comic book roundups. You know, like people can leave reviews there. I'd probably look at those over Amazon. I think, but um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, going going again. I mean, there's always going to be that though. Like no matter how popular a comic is, you're going to see. A flurry of tens, and then it'll be the one, you know, like that. No, any it's kind more of... the it's more the like how infrequent they are versus than the actual like rating itself, yeah. you know. But anyway, we don't have to go down the rabbit hole. We got a lot of questions to get to. Uh, people, yes, especially yes. in the My Marvelous Year Slack, which obviously we've been promoting here, uh, wrote in with a lot of great questions. You can write in to mymarvelousyear at gmail if you are so inclined after listening to an episode. And then, of course, we will be back next week talking uh, part three and part four. This is a four-part year, 1987 is, in Marvel, before we make our way to 1988. Last two episodes, we've had guests on, the the esteemed uh, Tiffany Babb and Matt Draper, which were very fun. Mm-hmm. hope you guys enjoyed them. The next two episodes will be uh, just Zach and I, just your delicious mm-hmm. host Ooh, daddies. Intimate. 
Yeah, and then in 88, we'll start kicking off some guests again. We also have, and I'm not going to announce who just yet, but we have a special guest coming up for My Marvelous Year 100. Now, we don't actually number these episodes, but I counted, essentially, where we are, and we are approaching our 100th episode of My Marvelous Year, right? Confetti. Celebration. And uh, we got a guest. We got a cool guest. So I'm excited about that one. I think it's going to be our most unique episode yet. Yeah, I'm excited and nervous about that one. Yes, we will be heavily flop sweating throughout much of that interview. Um, (laughs) I don't know if we'll stream it. We'll see. But all right, let's get to the questions. First, thanks everybody who wrote in. Um, Let me find the first good question, which is, of course, from none other than Charlotte. Now, before mm-hmm. we get to this question, we're doing a lot of preamble here, but I just there's a lot going on right now. You know, we got a we got a big my Marvelous Year community. Charlotte is um I think on record the best question asker of mm-hmm. of questions. my marvelous year at the mm-hmm. moment. Great questions. And not only that, but recently compiled the official My Marvelous Year wiki of all of the characters in the My Marvelous Year Shared Universe that Zach and I have created since this podcast inception. Now, mm-hmm. for those of you who might be unfamiliar, if you go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash My Marvelous Year, one of the tiers, one of the benefits is for supporting the site at a certain, or supporting the uh, the podcast at a certain level, we will create a superhero or villain or character, whatever you want to call it, is as part of this, what has now become a vast and sprawling My Marvelous Year Shared Universe. Uh, and it's, it's you know, people seem to enjoy it. It's cool. We get to make this new idea for you, and then we'll update it over time. One of the things people may have noticed, if they're really, really critical listeners, is mm-hmm. that sometimes we forget what might be happening with those characters, mm-hmm. or sure. in some cases, I might not even recognize their names the next uh, day or so. I, I got to say, looking through this wiki that Charlotte put together, which is literally the ble- best thing, it's the most blessed thing and it's the best thing that <laughs> I have seen. Uh, I, I, I don't even know how far to run it back. Let's see. My son is, uh, he's over one, so uh, in like uh, like one in some years, right? Mm. One One and change. Uh, it's the best thing that I have seen. It's amazing. It's so awesome. And uh, there's so many names. There's all these characters I'm interested in learning about. <laughs> I For the say. very first time. Oh, who came yeah. up with this? That guy's a genius. If it, if I, I will say, I think I know all the ones I made, but I'm not 100%. I, I had that. Uh, actually, that happened today where somebody like was like, ooh, that's a great joke. That, that name is a great pun or something. And I was like, oh. Did Dave do that or did I? I had to like think about it. Like mm. I couldn't remember which one of us came up with it. It was yeah, me, but didn't just of course. Uh, of yeah. course. So um, Charlotte well, asks. Yeah, thank here. you. Oh wait, wait. So if you want to go look at that, if you're curious, you can just oh, Google please. my marvelous year fandom. It's the fandom wiki for my marvelous year. And then uh, Zach, hold me to this. We'll try to include that link in the show notes as well, um, and probably just in the show notes moving forward. If we are uh, yeah. smart, we could just do that for the variant covers. So Charlotte asks here, what, who would you want to see as the first MCU X Men team, and what villain do you want them to face? I dig this question. I'm mm-hmm. sure this is a popular one on the the Mega Comics conversation sites. And, uh, and YouTube channels and, and podcasts and all that. My first thought with the actual X-Men lineup is definitely like pretty close to the all-new, all-different, you know, Claremont, Cockrum, Len Wein kickoff. I mean, mm-hmm. I think like I want Jean Grey, I want Cyclops, I want Wolverine, I want Colossus, I want Nightcrawler, I want Storm. Oh, God, you saved the... My, my only required requirement for this is Storm, front and center, mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. leader... 
Yep. You know, like that, that kind of needs to happen. Um, beyond that, I don't, like, you know, I, I don't, I don't need think... Banshee and I don't need, uh, I don't need Sunfire, you know, necessarily. Yeah. Right. They're, yeah. they're the, and then a John Proudstar, I think would be, uh, although all the, not all those, John Proudstar and, and Sunfire would be good, um, uh, representation and and kind of diversify the lineup a little bit too. I think if we can get that core of like those six, maybe throw in Beast if you want to get an O five. Um, but again, that's that's another white guy, so maybe not. But either way, I think you do that lineup and then you go uh, not the New Mutants, but some of the younger, newer New Mutants from the two thousands. I want to I want a school. And I want a training center. Oh, and Professor X, like, leading it. You know, we got to have him, right? So we have, I want that team as the X-Men. And I want the actual school, like, fully functioning. I want Xavier's Institute, like, a fully-fledged school. I don't want any buildup to get to that point. This is a school for mutants that already exists. That's what mm-hmm. I want in the MCU. And I want to see Rockslide. I want to see a Knoll. I want to see um, uh, a whole bunch of armor, especially, right? Because then you can definitely get more representation and just, like, new characters that you have more of a blank slate mm-hmm. to do with. Yeah. And, and the reason I leave out the, the 80s new mutants is they just had a movie, I hear, I've heard mm-hmm. in the presses, that they, Zach, you told me that you watched this movie via rear window, via rear uh, mirror panel mm-hmm. at a drive-in, correct? Right? You were seeing, you were watching yeah. The Muppets, and you caught the new New Mutants movie uh, in the in the windshield of your car, and uh, it sounded great. It sounded like the best way to possibly watch it. I haven't seen it yet. I gotta, I gotta find a drive-in, and then I gotta find a good car mirror to go check that one out. Um, but I'm not including them because of that. They just got used and uh, uh, maybe kind of uh, wasted. So I feel like let's go with some new ones. Okay, what do you think? So I don't, I don't think I have a great answer because I don't have that much history with the X-Men. You know, like I, what we've read in 1987, like the only people that you haven't mentioned who are like big players are like uh, Silo. They mentioned KP, Rogue maybe but i'm not like so hungry for either of them so i mean it's really like storm storm is my answer of like i just kind of would love it framed around her she's got a connection to wakanda that'd be an interesting you know i think you could like i think you could start with a solo storm movie that's all i've been asking for like you have said that for for some time time. yeah Yeah, which Um, would be interesting yeah i I guess i don't have that many good answers because i I just haven't seen that many x-men you know through the 90s and 2000s all these like weird new interesting characters so well, and that's with the villain. With the villain, definitely yeah. my my first thoughts go more nineties, um, mm-hmm. or even actually where we are now. So actually, eighty seven part four, and Sinister. this is not a spoiler, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see the introduction of Mister Sinister, and really the introduction of Apocalypse, um, who are mutants that debut late eighties and then obviously become bigger deals in the nineties. Uh, both those names are like some of my faves, you know, to see as a villain. I think the answer it. Magneto is probably too easy. You probably have to stay away from Magneto for a minute, you know, um, as hard as that might be. And I think actually when I when I keep coming back to is I think the villain should be like really scary Sentinels. Um, I, I think the only X-Men media that has done that well is Days of Future Past kind of taps into like unbeatable Nimrods. You know, mm-hmm. in the future timelines, but yeah. it's vague, it's distant, and they kind of do the build to the Sentinels and all that stuff, but not totally. I think you just you have to establish this being the MCU and us not knowing about mutants is you have to establish the feared and hated part of of X Men and of mutanthood, yeah. and I think Sentinels do that better than anything uh, because again, if you do Magneto, you d- without the feared and hated part, he's kind of just a terrorist, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
Sure. Right. Not that he doesn't commit terrible acts otherwise, but like he's, you need that opposition to him, uh, which I feel like almost you can take as a given, but I, I think the movie should, should hone in on that. What does that mean? You know, to have this group of, of individuals who aren't, uh, who aren't allowed to exist in society because of who they are. I think that's important. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think the villain should be a dinosaur. Just make it Sauron and just make like a psychic dinosaur. I mean, our, our dinosaur options are Sauron, Stegron, and devil dinosaur um Mm -hmm. if we did a dino team-up villain movie uh i mean i could take my kid to it and see him happier than i've ever seen him so that's a huge upside yeah dinosaurs maybe do for i don't know a sauron a sauron featured villain spot would Mm -hmm. be perplexing it would be that would be bizarre i mean that would be on the level of like what sony is doing with their marvel properties of like yeah guess what you're getting a Silver Sable movie, right? A, a Morbius right. movie. That's what you yeah. want. Yeah, we if already Sony, filmed it. It's real. <laughs> if Sony had X Men, it they would a million percent be doing a Sauron movie. Um, and I'd be kind of intrigued. I I have to admit, mm-hmm. although like, I mean, Sauron's batting average, <laughs> very low. Right? Like he's been in the minors for years. Okay, Sauron. Like the best Sauron story is what? Like the. 8,000th best X-Men story. <laughs> like, I like Sauron. I don't know. The, the 70s I like Sauron the character the, the fine, Neil, but... Is it Neil Adams Sauron? The stuff? Neil Adams Sauron stuff's pretty, it's fun. pretty darn good. Yeah, I like that stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's get to Charlotte's next question. She basically asked... This is a, a long, it's a long-winded way of asking a very good question. Um, well, we tapped into this one on, uh, on the episode with Matt, right? Yeah, well, so she talks about how, like, Originally, Craven's Last Hunt was going to be Wonder Man or Grim Reaper, but uh, what minor Marvel character that never got a breakthrough, like a D or C list, would you like to see get the same kind of treatment, right? Get like an all-time great story. So my first thought on this one was, and this may be because Marvel just announced a uh, King in Black, Black Knight one-shot that's going to be written by Cy Spurrier with art by somebody I really like that now I'm blanking on, um, which sounds exciting, is Black Knight. Uh, Dane Whitman. He's going to be in Eternals. Um, it's a character that, to my knowledge, has approximately no good comics. Sorry, Dane Whitman stands. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is like we've talked about him in the pages of Avengers, in the pages of Defenders, um, and we're not going to talk about him much beyond that because <laughs> he's a real boring character. Yeah. But there's potential there. I think there's potential there. I think in the right hands, there could be a really good series, and he has not got that glow up yet. Um, that I've read in comics. There have been some attempts. I mean, he had a soul series not that long ago. You just, you know, nobody hears anything about it. So that's my first thought on this one. Who you got? I was going to say Batrock, but Batrock, Batrock actually gets at least a one, one great He's... single issue. Yeah. There's a, there's a single issue that really does him justice and makes him a lot of fun. And, and I don't think Batrock's him. underperforming. You know, I, I think Batrock is pretty well liked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's going to be in that new, uh, Matthew Rosenberg written um, Thunderbolt series. Oh, did heck you see yeah. that? Yeah, heck yeah, it's a good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he he looks pretty cool on the cover. Um, I guess my answer is probably um, oh boy, now I'm gonna forget. It. Absorbing Man. Uh, I love Absorbing Man, and like his <laughs> his stories fun. are like okay, like he yeah. he always is fun when he shows up, but like no one ever like digs into the Absorbing Man. He just has fun powers. Um, but like, have yeah. you read uh the Saladin Ahmed and Christian Ward Black Bolt? No, I have not. Boy, have I got a treat for you when we get Ooh, to baby. My Marvelous Year 2017. 
Very cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I've been looking forward to reading that period. So little yes, unknown. Yes, indeed. He's going to be in All there. right. Those are our picks. Good question, Charlotte. Thanks so much mm-hmm. for being amazing. Um, next question is by Bustin Makes Me Feel Good. And he asks, he doesn't know if we've answered this before, but in honor, everyone in the Slack has Halloween names. So I, I think, I think that is, what is that? That's that's based Dustin. on a Ghostbusters yeah. song. So that works. Yeah, that's uh, that's Halloween-y. Um, based on Halloween coming up, what Marvel heroes, villains have your favorite costumes? Mm. Uh, favorite costumes. You know what's kind of always been my favorite? Yeah, Hawkeye. The purple, the purple Hawkeye. I can't explain it. It does nothing I, for me. I can't explain yeah. it. I just dig it. Um, I, I think it's got like... As a as a youngin, I played that Avengers. Uh, I don't even know what console it would have been on. You know, I don't think it was Super Nintendo, probably Sega Genesis, um, whatever it was. Uh, you know, I let my tapes rock till the tape hot at that point. But yeah, it was it was Hawkeye's costume. I think as costumes I've actually worn as a kid that I loved, um, Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. I I did Wolverine, right? Everybody did Wolverine, and uh, but Nightcrawler was one my mom made me. She made me a custom Nightcrawler. Uh, thanks mom that was a that was my mom made me uh wait okay are you i'm I'm sure are you talking about what's your favorite like halloween costume or just i think he's just asking what costumes you like i get the question i'm just saying if you were gonna go out trick-or-treat this year this it's a good year to trick-or-treat everybody's saying candy's gonna be hopping doors are gonna be open community's gonna be bumping this year on halloween what would you want to go out as i did not think about this Ooh, um, I've got another good option, which is uh, straight up walking on stilts around the neighborhood. That would be incredible. Yeah, that's a Patreon right? goal that I, uh, I think if I don't know what it is, if we hit three thousand bucks or something, I'll learn to walk on stilts and make a stilt man cosplay. So it's one of those dreams I just don't allow myself to um to really believe might happen. Yeah, you know, it's like because because it, it's too it fills me with too much joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love. Let's see, classic costume, Scarlet Witch. With the uh, the red headdress is like one of my fave like simple clean the like pink top and the red headdress that's one of my faves very excited that like seeing the glimpses of that in the um the WandaVision show trailer um let's see what else I don't know uh just that not... no it's fine if that's if that's your one yeah um yep, you that's know, it fair enough all I the mean... other costumes need work. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I, Do I don't know. Design. It just needs that very like that that you know because there's so many costumes that are like really simple, and then they just seem anonymous, right? And then there's those costumes that just hit that sweet spot of like they have that that je ne sais quoi of, uh, of that special sauce that Kirby could Bless sometimes you. sprinkle on them and make them like totally memorable and timeless. But I mean, I do think I speaking of Kirby, one of the realities to costumes is. Really, if I had my heart's desire, I just had the materials and the ability, I would be a villain. I would be a Kirby villain. And I'd be Doctor Doom, or I'd be Magneto with the good hat, or I'd be Odin with the good hats. Um, Not a villain, but either way. So I I think Doctor Doom or Magneto, probably the coolest possible thing. I really wanted to go uh, last year as um, Doc... What was it? Shoot. Oh, Doctor Doomsday Clock. And uh, Mm. I was going to do a Doom mask... A green cloak, and then like the Watchmen, what uh, you know, watch on my chest as like my Doctor Manhattan. I was thinking about like a blue body, but then I wasn't totally sure how to do that. Uh, none of that happened because I have no craftsmanship when it comes to cosplay. But I thought Doctor Doomsday Clock would be kind of fun. 
But I don't actually like Doomsday Clock, you know, so that was the other thing. So it's like now I have to explain to people a comic that's happening, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Hard enough as is. And I have to explain I'm not actually into it, you know? It's not working for me. Long conversation. You'll just walk around place. with a QR code. Uh, like little cards with a QR code leading to a comic book herald site explaining, the, yeah. <laughs> explaining all the all the information uh, you need to get Dave's costume. That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good promotional idea, actually. Yeah. Uh, but okay, all right. Those those are our thoughts on costumes. Yeah, I'm going to dress uh, Justin, up as Scarlet Witch this year. Yes. Yeah. No, I think you look good. Um, yeah. Justin asked uh, a number of of fun questions. I'm trying to find the one that is the best here. Oh, um, I, I mean, the, no, the second one I really like. Would you rather see a Frank Miller Thor or a Walt Simonson Daredevil? Uh, I mean, inverting uh, solo creators, yeah, right, not solo creators, but you know, writers and artists inverting their works. I, I'm sure I know your answer, but I'll let you start. Oh yeah, Frank Miller Thor, very interesting. Yeah. So yeah. someone else asks a similar question later. Um, you have to. Peter asks you have to give up a famous creator run you love, historically written, mm. as if though that run never existed, but the same creator will have a famous beloved run on a different character who do you give up and what is the new run i don't know if i'd give up daredevil for like an equally great thor run that's oof that's tough you, you know what it would be it, i i couldn't give up no i thought miller's daredevil I, I thought that too and then i'm like no you wouldn't ever give that up because i would give it so up good i would give it up for a frank and if, if if we had the assurance that it would be you know an equally stunning run right you're trading mm-hmm. for something else i mm-hmm. would trade frank miller's daredevil for frank miller's avengers uh, you know i was just gonna say same yeah. thing but spider-man same thing See, but I, I mean he, he would be great on spider-man but i feel like that's so close to daredevil and spider-man has a bunch of great runs and creators well that's why i think it works avengers. well no no i i think that's actually the problem i think that's actually the problem is once you get out of stanley the manly mm-hmm. and dicko and john romita jr what's the great spider-man run What's the defining Spider-Man run? Right, we just talked about Craven's Last Hunt, a great Spider-Man story. Yeah, five a great Spider-Man issues, story. Yeah. I'd rather be able to point to a thirty-plus issue Spidey run. Yeah, that was yeah. lights out. Um, yeah, I think the characters struggled. I mean, I've with that. liked Spider-Man. It's always been like, it's never veered into just like, oh, this is awful. Like, I don't know. It's always it's always okay. We've talked about this. The ceiling's very low, but you know, the floor is pretty high. I think um, on Spider-Man. But yeah, I don't know. The idea of like Frank Miller being able to actually like bring the Avengers together and do, you know, something. I mean, we just need a great Avengers run and that's not going to come for 20 years or something, right? Well, that's an interesting pick too because Frank Miller on a team book period, I don't really know what that looks like. Right, because he's so interested in like digging into one specific aspect of one person's psychology, right? Right. I mean, when you think about the stuff he goes on to, it's Daredevil, it's Batman on the big two side and then you know his solo stuff is i'm not a a huge miller scholar but i mean i don't think it's real team focused at any point i don't know that he's ever really tried that that'd be that'd be interesting i don't know that would work um i my other thought was like it'd be really easy to give up anything by john byrne like john byrne's alpha flight for example uh but then we have to replace it with something else by john byrne so that doesn't work i was thinking like if we could replace it with something by somebody else like like replace John Byrne's John Alpha Burns. Flight with Frank Miller's Alpha Flight. Now Well, I'm... okay. I mean don't I mean threaten me with a good time, but yes. <laughs> I mean I, I love basically everything we've read by Byrne, so Um Alright, do you wanna get on to the next question here? Yeah. Uh, I think so, I think I'm just trying uh, to find one that isn't a joke. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know it's tough. Uh 
He asks when we're going to put My Marvelous Year t-shirts on Public. It's not a bad idea. We should do that. I have a couple ideas I've been rattling around for uh, t-shirt ideas. I know a couple people would like them. We um, we should definitely do that. So um, yeah, it would be. <sighs> how about how about uh, we set a goal of for twenty twenty one? We'll get MMY shirts. Dustin Dustin in the Slack has done some very good Stiltman pictures. Uh, very cute little Stiltman pictures with the phrase "Always be supporting" uh, with his big stilts. And I think we should translate that to a t shirt. Sounds like a winner. Uh, Sounds like yep. something I would wear. And speaking of Stiltman. Which existing yes. announced franchise is the best launching point to bring Stiltman into the MCU? This is a very good question. Miss Marvel. This is a very good question. Miss Marvel. Marvel. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. Makes yeah, a lot of sense. That or She-Hulk, right? To match the silliness. I think those are the only two real She-Hulk, you imagine a comedic enough tone, but I don't think she, I don't think She-Hulk don't. struggles with Stiltman in the way that Miss Marvel actually has some some action that comes out of that, you know? Yeah. Yep, yep. Right, getting, yeah, that, literally get, getting her hands around both legs. I I think that fits super well. And then he presses the grease button, and then just grease she slides pours off. Down, it's goofy. Grease yeah. pours down his leg. Oh god, it's incredible. Yeah. The other option would be this uh, the series that I know do not know what to make of, which is the Modok animated, like in the robot chicken style. Oh yeah, there's, there's that's just coming some, soon. Some images of that just came out. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I haven't actually watched the trailer, but I saw the images and I mean, they're doing goofball robot chicken Modoc. Uh, yeah, yeah. still, man, let's get bat rock. Let's get all of the, the villains in that for a good time. You know, what's wild too is, so they're working on and, and going to launch that series clearly leaning into what Modoc is and is known as, which is a, a comedy villain at this mm-hmm. point yeah, i mean like sure. the idea of him as anything else is absurd which is exactly i don't know if you've seen this that's exactly what uh marvel's avengers the video game does is takes modok dead serious have you have really? you looked at this oh. at all Mm-mm. no 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 i haven't yeah yeah so i'm not spoiling anything because this is in the trailers and everything but the campaign the main story takes modok as seriously as you possibly could that's like, amazing it's, it's doing the MCU version of um, of AIM yeah, with MODOK yeah. and and mix in the Inhumans for good measure. I won't give the whole plot because maybe some people want to check it out. But uh, it's it's fine. Like, it's a decent enough campaign. I'm enjoying playing the game because I like the Avengers, uh, really for no other reason. But MODOK yeah, right. is, like, taking him seriously is such a weird decision. It's really, really strange. Like it's, it's almost upsetting because it's so. Does it work? It's I mean, so anti. He... It kind of does. I mean, it kind of does. Yeah. Not, not I mean, in any he, way he that I'm like, okay, this is amazing. Like, in the seventies, before like they really start making fun of him, like he's silly looking, but he's silly like kind of in a weird, sinister way. You know, like the uh, the leader or um, who's that Green Lantern villain who's the got the weird little pencily mustache? Hector Hammond. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. You're right. That that the leader's a good comp, um, because the the leader I don't think of necessarily is comedy, and you could almost do the exact you could almost do this exact same Marvel's Avengers story with the leader, uh, instead of Modok. But it's Modok, yeah. so it's like yeah, yeah. You know, well, I mean, you know, they've done ball. so much to like tease that. I mean, we even right in the '80s there was those funny issues of Bernie, um. Rosenstein, I think, daydreaming and like mixing up the Red Skull and Modok, and then there's Brodok, and you know. This, there's all kinds of stuff with that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, something I'm excited about the Miss Marvel series, and I think that would be like it. it that's like her level of villain, right? Like, at, at least initially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, we'll probably play him the light tone of that. So, I mean, the other option is we got that Hawkeye series coming. 
Oh, um, sure. Depends on how, how goofy. Well, and goofy Kate that. Bishop, I might be mixing things up now, but I think Brodock, yeah, Brodock in the West Coast Avengers plays a mm. villainous role uh, with, with Kate Bishop. So you got that at least some, somewhat tenuous comics connection there. Um, okay, cool. Do we have any other good got, questions here? I got Let's one see. email, email, email question here. Uh, hi, Dave and Zach. This is from Dan. As promised, the 80s have been a really strong decade for Marvel Comics, but 1987 marks the departure of the editor-in-chief who oversaw this era, Jim Shooter. Although you've discussed his many flaws as a writer himself, he seems to be doing something that got the best out of others. Are there any major changes coming in the immediate wake of Shooter leaving? Most of the major titles seem to be in the hands of pretty established vets, Claremont, Englehart, Michelini, David, Stern, DeFalco, Grunewald. But do any of them decide to go in notably different directions under new leadership? As always, thanks for the podcast, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Well, I mean, I... I think there's that's a good question. I think there's a fair amount of creative turnover, kind of right at the end of his tenure as we transition yeah. from uh, shooter to I think it's Defalco probably takes over mm-hmm. at this point as editor in chief. Um, I mean, like Peter David's new, you know, he's established in our minds because he's been writing comics forever. I mean, he's like, new and eight, Gr- Grunewald is new, and I mean, maybe I mean Grunewald's been in comics for a decade at the point yeah, where yeah, we're reading him in like, Captain America, but he's yeah. we haven't really been reading his stuff uh, intently. Yeah. Um, so there's there's creative shifts there I, in terms of like like do Marvel comics start to feel different or anything like that? Um, not really, not really. I mean, I I think part of that is. You know, a huge chunk of the line right now, and obviously popularity-wise and just what we're reading, you know, bears this out, is like Claremont's X-Men is all on a on a train heading towards, you know, Inferno, essentially, right? Like, it's all heading towards an event that very much feels like it's been, it, it is of the shooter era in the sense that it is of the story Claremont's been telling for the last several years. So yeah. that's not going to go too off the rails. One thing I can think of specifically that starts happening that I don't think we ever saw under Shooter is the annuals used as a chapter of event event approach. Yeah, I like that and a it, lot. <laughs> I really, it's funny that you do at least, because... At least in theory. You told me that it right. doesn't work out. It doesn't work out, but at least in theory to like... I mean, even now in 2020, that's kind of how I would rather have it is like, just segregate that, please. Like, put all that into the annuals so that I don't, you know, if I'm not interested in this event, I don't need to have my, right. my regular weekly or monthly comic hijacked by the right. event. So the events that are going to so there's evolutionary war and then Atlantis attacks take that approach um, and then there's going to be acts of vengeance which is a looser crossover so I don't know there's some like some slight alterations in editorial I suppose um, the, the but otherwise these, like I don't I don't really know what the big shift is uh, once shooter gets away I'd have to let me look at the comics that are coming I up. I mean we'll we'll like see that. too you know we'll see how it goes once you know we get into eighty eight and onward to ninety four Defalco takes over so. Um, I mean, once we get to, I mean, once we get to ninety one, like yeah, it feels like we're in a different thing. But I, I wonder how much of that is just time, and literally mm-hmm. now we're in a new decade, and and there's a different focus culturally as opposed to actual editorial presence. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it um, on I mean, how things much, definitely yeah. get looser. Like things, yeah. things do notably start to get looser, and that's I think one of the one of the pros and cons of the shooter era is the line's pretty tight. You know, things are relatively interconnected. That was a big focus of his. It's a big focus yeah. shooter took to Valiant, where literally they would have things down to, like, the timestamp, you know, in Valiant comics. Um, once you get out of the shooter era, definitely there's a looser continuity, I think, and also just, like, the number of titles and just where characters are going. All that starts to get a little bit more chaotic, um, although not, you know, quite what it is now. Yeah, I I mean, I, I so I think, I think he deserves a ton of praise for, you know, like, the... the 
team he built up here over this time period. Um, but yeah, it's so interesting because it's like structurally and kind of from the, the point of like the overall line, I think he did great stuff for the line. Storytell anytime he got involved creatively, like really specifically creatively, it just is a disaster. Which we're also gonna see with uh who who is that who who started the ultimate line? Um Oh my god, and wrote Marvel. Bill Jameis. Bill Jameis, yeah. Right, yeah, Bill Jameis, who like did all kinds of really interesting editorial stuff for Marvel at the same time. And then also when he wrote comics, it was, you know, a disaster. So Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll get into all that. You know, but as, I mean, Shooter, like, for all of his flaws, which, you know, we've recounted, um, when you go back and look at, like, what was the best, you know, decade-long stretch in Marvel history, a huge chunk of the years are under his reign. Yeah. So it is, yeah, for sure. I, you know, it's kind of that thing of, like, you know, the president or the general or whatever. It's like they get the successes and the failures when you're the when you're the top dog, right, when you're the leader. And Shooter, you know, you got to give, I think, some credit there for um, – because a lot of that stuff, too, starts under his... Like, Frank Miller's work starts under his reign. You know, John Byrne, yeah. as a solo you know, creator, starts under his reign. Claremont technically starts a little bit before. Um, but so, but, but you, he is also, you, you like, bringing in like, and kind of guiding talent. It, whether we, he's doing that in a way they would appreciate or not, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we went back and read some of those classic X-Men for 1987 Part 4. And we forgot to talk about this, or we didn't, we didn't bring it up. But, like, reading the early... Or the late 70s Claremont feels just like so totally different you feel like he got to really loosen up and do his own thing under shooter um in a way that maybe he was not able to do i don't know how much of that was actually shooter but you know or just claremont evolving. i think that's more just growing um as a creator yeah, and, and getting a feel yeah. for things honestly but again i i don't know for sure so all right yeah. that is i think going to do it for questions yeah. today uh great questions everybody there were a lot of other good ones that maybe we didn't get to but definitely keep submitting nah, and we'll keep picking nah, the ones we that we like <laughs> I read, I scratch read that them. don't keep submitting uh we we definitely will not desperately need them again in you know uh, you three weeks yeah yeah all right so we are going to do some additions to the my marvelous year shared universe here for those of you who are patron backers um and we're gonna update some characters zach how many do you have i don't have any today i had some medical stuff this morning and could not did not have the the time or uh, brain power to come up with it. So okay. I don't have anything today. On how you how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. But uh, let's let's get in, let's get into it. Okay. So my update is for the Doctor General, um, and I'm just gonna pull up here the convenient my this year wiki. Dan, who just wrote us the uh, the the letter, the email. Well. It technically is, but it's also not, as you're going to see. Oh. Um, so, the hero known as Dr. General. Now, last time we saw Dr. General, we got a pretty esoteric vision of the future, okay? Where Dr. General, he, he woke up in this world where basically everything was beautifully lush and green, but like all of humanity seemingly was wiped out, okay? And he did find his nemesis there, the plucranium, but he, he doesn't, and he doesn't even know, like, in his dream, like, what plucranium is, but he, like, he's in this world, but he just knows, like, there's no humanity left, like, something went wrong, okay? And when he wakes up again, or he kind of comes back to himself, wakes up is the wrong term, um, he remembers he is the doctor general, and this the, he must prevent this future, okay? So that's all we know mm -hmm. about him. We don't really know much yeah. else. Yeah. Let's run it back to 1987. In Calls Furch, Virginia, okay? And here we are in a small town in Virginia, and we've got the Surgeon General, 
of the United States. Ooh, C. Everett Coop? Uh, then sure, yep. C. Everett Coop, the uh, Surgeon Wait, when, General when of the was United this? States in 1987, definitely gonna, must have if been. If I who get that, was. that right, just a second, we gotta. Well, I don't need to wait for you to. <laughs> C. to Everett Coop. Him. Okay, C. Everett Coop, Surgeon General from January 1982 to October 1989. <laughs> Dang! Yep. Look at this Surgeon General stud over here. Yep. Man, couldn't like tell you who the Surgeon General, but uh, <laughs> I don't know why I knew that. So wait, why do you know Surgeon Sur- Generals? I don't know any of them except for him because he's kind of funny looking. And I remember seeing him in commercials for like Life Alert or something when I was a kid and thinking his name was funny because Coop sounds like Koopa, like Koopa Troopa. That's what is it? C. Everett Coop? Coop. Yep. I thought you were referencing um, Twin Peaks. I thought I you were giving why. me Coop, Dale Cooper, a.k.a. Uh, Coop. Also, you called me Sturgeon General as a compliment. I don't know what that means. Like a big Sturgeon. Like a big manly sturgeon general. Oh, thank you. I don't know what that you means. Are welcome. Okay. Uh, isn't a sturgeon Please. a big fish? Yes, it's I a think big it fish. Is. But like, oh yeah, yeah nice you are one. you are as unto yeah, a very large salmon. fish. Okay, yeah. all right. Let's. Yeah. yeah, we can keep going. Would you rather be a perch general? I could have been more condescending. No, no. But all you'd right. be tasty Please. then. Yeah, which I've often could. said. Um. All right. Surgeon General uh, C. Everett Coop and his protege, a young, uh, and now this individual's name is Manable Doldenheim. So we've got Surgeon General C. Everett Coop and his young protege, a young Manable Doldenheim. And Coop calls Doldenheim into his office and he says, uh, hey, we found another one. And Doldenheim is completely shocked. He says, it can't be. It can't be. Another one? Are you kidding me? I thought this was one time. And he says, yeah, there's actually, there's been two more since the last time you were here. And he takes him out deep into Callsford, Virginia, and they walk into a home. And what do they see? It's a crime scene. There's body on the floor. And there is all of this green, leafy foliage coming up out of the body. It's all over the walls, kind of this ivy spreading all over the place. And, you know, they, they this is the third time they found a body like this in the last three weeks, okay? And they don't know what is causing this there are no every time they found these it has been a neighbor has called because of the smell smells really good actually these plants give off this really nice smell which is a little discerning to the senses and they call and the doors are all locked the windows are all closed and locked right it's a classic locked room mystery right there's no way in there's no way out um and and there's no way out that's the crazy part right like these people made houses that they couldn't even get out of, right? Think about that for a second. <laughs> and, um, I don't know what so, you're talking about. Okay, go on. <laughs> so they keep finding these, and it's up to Manable Doldenheim to investigate. So he's he's doing his CSI work, and he is, you know, looking Wait, at that name one more time, please. Manable Doldenheim? Manable Doldenheim. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll get the joke later, maybe. Mm, doubt it. Uh, okay. So he's so, <laughs> so he's investigating. He's looking at the leaves and, and all the foliage, and he does find on one of the bodies here. He finds a a little pill in this individual's in the corner of their mouth, just like a little fragment of some sort of medicine. He's like, oh, that's odd. And then he Swallow looks at the it. other ones. Swallow it. He starts yelling at them. He did well, right? Right? He he doesn't like seeing that, and uh, he finds similar things on some of the other bodies. Okay, and he does some research. He starts digging. He goes to the pharmacist. They're like, "Oh yeah, maybe I recognize that." Points him in another direction. He winds up in a laboratory that uh, ultimately makes these pills. Okay, 
and he's digging around in there. He's asking some questions. They're all very fishy, all very suspicious. And he uh, he's looking around. And then finally, he finds a doctor who uh, says, come with me. Come with me, and I'll tell you what you want to know. And he leads him into a back room. Okay, very dark kind of closety laboratory area. You know how labs are, Zach, right? Like, I, let me explain it to you. Actually, you probably don't. Um, no, so it's I, very I, we sterile. Yeah, and I uh, every, he's wearing a white coat, but it is covered in green stains. Okay, little green splotches. Yep, and he's that, got go- you know what tracks. goggles are. He's got goggles on his head. I too. don't actually wear goggles or a lab For coat. Because uh, I picture you exactly like Beaker of the Muppets in your job. <laughs> and you I very rarely wear a lab straight coat. up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this guy is like, uh, listen, like we're, we're manufacturing these pills and we know that one of the side effects is it can create a plant life within humans. It can absolutely explode out of them. And he says, well, we have to shut this down. And he says, well, no, get this. The plants, if left uninterrupted, they will continue to sustain themselves. They're totally self-sustaining plants. And they will actually like make the earth and the trees and other plants around them stronger. They will actually make the environment and the eco you know, system that is in this area in, in Calls First Virginia stronger if we just let them roam. So the people, he's like, the people are already dead. That's a sunk cost. Just let the plants roll at this point and we'll have this beautiful lush uh, territory. And and Manable says, I, I can't. I cannot do this. Like, if, if you know <laughs> these that's things. That's how he, as he approaches the families. Like, I'm so sorry about your father, uh, but we are treating him as a sunk cost now. <laughs> <laughs> bedside manner does, Surgeon General's bedside manner does need to improve. Um, so anyway, he's like, I'm going to, I need to go tell somebody right now. And as he turns his back to leave this tiny uh, laboratory closet lab, uh, um, the individual, the doctor, he somebody, boom, Conks him on the back of the head, and Manable collapses and passes out. And when he wakes up, can't find that doc anymore. There's no sign of him. There's no trace left in that lab. Um, there's just a little note on his door, on Manable's door, the front porch, and it's a little house plant, a little succubus, and a cute little owl. Succubus? Pot. Yeah, it's a cute little succubus. No, succulent. succulent? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time to go into the succubus nature of it. We can talk about that later. Um, but it's a cute little succulent, and uh, it just says, um, see you again soon. And that is the end of this update to the Dr. General. Just baffling. Don't apologize to Charlotte for my stories. How dare well, you? <laughs> it's just baffling. See well, you she, in the chat. She writes very, uh, very, very thorough Actually, too too thorough, Charlotte. You don't have to write that much. You can you can cut out a lot of this. You're doing great. I I have no <laughs> edits, no changes. Yeah, transcribe that word for word. What can you explain something about that story for me? What? Anything? Any part of it? I mean, I got the. Well, the, you'll have to listen again because obviously you missed it. Manif- not listening. Manifold Dodenheim. Manable. M A N N I B A L. Dodenheim. Okay. Do you, do you that... want to know the secrets? Do you want to know the tricks of the trade to that one? Yeah, please. Uh, Dan's name is Dan. Oh, Dan. Uh, and his last name starts with an M. No. We're just we're just throwing names out there no, now. We're just doxing yeah, well, folks. Dan's fine. I can I can dox Dan. Okie doke. Um, what's just uh, I just flipped the name and then I made a thing. Oh. And I've been watching a lot of Hannibal lately. That's funny. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's simple enough. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Good. Okay. There you have uh, it. Yeah, Update that's gonna... to the My Marvelous Year universe. Yeah, I now like documented. Well, that's very similar to my uh, the the Blue Flamingo murders of uh, people being overrun with plants. That I just I don't did. doubt it. No? I don't doubt it. 
Also yeah. very similar to many maybe, a Swamp Thing comic. Maybe uh, close, similar enough that I have a plagiarism lawsuit. If you sue me over my Marvelous Year updates, I'm going to be yeah. so mad. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I'll see that's you in idea. court. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for us for 1987's first variant cover. Next up for 1987 part three. Ooh, we got some good stuff. We've got, let me see. There's Fantastic Ooh. Four versus X-Men, right? Uh-huh. Um, what else is there? Second, I'm pulling it up. So it was, it was Desk Four versus X Men. We got Simonson's the, Thor, Thor comes to a rousing Thor. conclusion. Yep. Fantastic Four number three hundred stinks up the joint, and Captain okay. America three thirty two to three thirty five is pretty good. Pretty damn good. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Look, looking forward to reading more comics of nineteen. All these runs, um, like all the runs. We're I think. Reading, I like, think with the next few good. years, I'm just going to tell you that we're still in nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. I, until until you know of like I can't sell it any longer. Like once we're clearly referencing things that happened in the late nineties, you know I'll have to admit it's <laughs> the, the, not nineteen eighty seven anymore. Bill Clinton, the governor yeah. of Arkansas. What? what why did they? T- <laughs> ah, it's a weird, typo, Zach. It's a some typo. Kind of weird fan fiction. Where he? Why is he in the White House? Everything's still 87, don't you worry. Just yeah. keep enjoying the comics. And that's what I want you all to do as well. Pretend whatever you need to to keep enjoying the comics. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. I'm Dave. You can find my stuff at comicbookherald.com. He's Zach. You can find his stuff at My Marvelous Year online or go on over to the patreon.com slash MyMarvelousYear to join the Slack and have a chat with him. Have a chat with him today. Yeah, have a nice you little could do chat. That. I saw some people, uh, if you're listening to this and you write very long thoughtful comments on the comic book herald website for the posts of the podcast <laughs> i once in a while i go check all those and i read through them but mm-hmm. they don't i i don't get buzzed for those i don't know if you do dave if you get a ding you get <clears> i don't comments. think anybody does no it's a shame somebody should somebody should yeah. check on that site <laughs> but uh it, they're great like i read a few of them today and i, I tried to respond to them but that stuff you, if you come to the slack oh man you're gonna just have People, everyone's going to respond to your stuff. You're going to have a great discussion. The, the nicest people around. And you know how we talk about like being all like people who are very, very online these days. Mm-hmm. You know, Zach is on Slack, baby. He is always on Slack, ready to talk comics or any, what I've learned is anything else. These these oh. folks, they they aren't just restricted to comics. They have conversation. That that's what always throws me at like a party, you know? Is like I come to a party and there's a group of people and I'm like, "Are we talking comics?" And they're like, "No, we're talking another subject." And I'm done. I shut I'll down. I got nothing to contribute. I'm out. One, I got rid of Slack on my mobile devices, <laughs> so I'm not on it all the no, time anymore. No, boo. To restrict, restrict myself from being on it all day long. Um, but two, yeah. I mean, we talked comics a ton, but we also have, like, a dedicated Minecraft server. We play Among Us. We have a little we have little book clubs in there. I think two different D&D groups, including one that I've joined, uh, has sprung out of the, the And uh, when the they Slack. say they play Among Us, he means they'll invite you to play, um, but then they will literally murder you. Uh, over and over again in in the guise of playing. No, no comments, no, no. no defense, no, no defense no. there. <laughs> no defense. That's what that is. Yeah, that's what I if thought. I if I don't acknowledge, no, it was very fun. I got to I got to actually play Among Us and learn how uh, through the Slack. So that was awesome. So you can check yeah. all that out through Patreon.com/slash My Marvelous Year. Um, music for the show is by Disaster Piece. You can find their music where people find music. And uh, let's see what else. What else? A uh, quick plug, an unrelated plug. Yeah. Um, 
No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it, Zach. I'm not gonna do no, it. No, do it. What? You're... No, you can't. You can't talk me into it. Stop pushing. Stop pushing. I'm not. Well, gonna I'll do plug it. Dave's YouTube channel. He's doing great. He's becoming a certified YouTuber now. Thank He's you. He's not gonna be a podcaster anymore. He's gonna be a YouTuber. You got tons of subscribers. What are you getting? Like ten thousand downloads per video now? It's Ooh, crazy. baby, downloads. People are downloading these videos. They're taking them with them on the go. They got USB sticks. I hear in they're the van. They're, they're screening in theaters now. Theaters have nothing else to play, so they're just playing. That's right. Old That's episodes right. of Cracking Krakoa. I locked down a contract with AMC Theaters uh, just uh, just this month, actually, October 2020, and uh, all AMC Theaters nationwide are playing Cracking Krakoa videos. They are not taking uh, attendees at this time. They are not taking viewers, but they are making popcorn. So I've got practically my own theater uh, uh, dominating the box office right now, which is pretty exciting. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's what people are saying about us. Uh, if you want to hear what people are saying about us, go check out ratings and reviews on iTunes. Otherwise, we will actually wrap this thing up, and we will see you next year. See you next year. Let's see. It says live now. How do I see the chat? There it is. I guess it's live. It's just not working on my end. Like, not showing up. Like, I can't see the stream. But how often do you ask yourself, "Am I streaming?" Like just day to day life, you know. Uh, now now well, that you're I, a big like media hotshot, you know, you've been you've been in the streaming and podcast game for over a year now, right? Probably what, like what four are we or coming five, up on two years? What are we at? It's like four or five times a day because I don't, I refuse to look at my own penis while I'm peeing. So I uh, oh I just go, glad we oh, glad we're live. Am I we streaming? Kick things off like is, this. Is what I ask myself every time I I go to the bathroom. Uh huh. Because I, I refuse to get visual confirmation. You refuse, and and you refuse to look, um, right? Okay, and that's that's been we talk about this a lot on my marvelous year. So if you're joining us for the first time, thanks for joining to this live my marvelous year, where uh, we do talk about Zach's phobias, and there's only one, and it's his own penis. So, <laughs> so we're trying um. to process that year by year.